Wardrobe Studio is under pressure today. Did you do your homework? Did I what? No, I didn't. As you can plainly see, I didn't do my homework. You fucking nasty. You are listening to The Learning Factory. Please develop a range of feasible excuses for listening. All right, welcome to The Learning Factory, episode 10. 10. Show me the money! That was a terrible Tom Cruise impression, but there you go. What's well, to- it wasn't a Tom Cruise one. Who's, who says that? Tom Cruise says it, as does Cuba Gooding Jr., but that was neither of them. That was just an angry design teacher walking down to the head of school and basically saying, fucking fund us. Fund us. We need the money. And then the head of school answers with a very curt, go fuck yourself. But in a nice... We are an EAL school. Design has no place here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out. Get out. Um, We are all teachers of English. Yeah, so that's the, the conundrum, isn't it? They give you enough money for photocopying and maybe some textbooks. And they go, go teach design. And then you go, that's that's not how that works at all. Back. And that's that's what often happens, isn't it? When you're, well, that's what happened to me as a design teacher. You come to a school and they say, oh, actually, I just realized we need a design teacher. Yeah, you're, you're in. Can you do that? You're in the school tour. Uh, and they're like, oh, here's the okay. English room. Here's the math. Yeah. Here's the science lab. Here's the art room. And then you go, where's the design here's room? Here's an empty room with a sink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, here's a room. And um, yeah, y- you asked for a chalkboard, didn't you? Yeah. And and all some disused furniture from all the other rooms. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, so yeah. that's what normally happens. And, and four liters of leaded paint, please. <laughs> They're already on the walls. And if you need material, just use that <laughs> asbestos stuff from the roof. It's perfect. Just cut it down. That's right. Just be careful of the dust. The, the, that's the common affliction that comes with uh, the, uh, the the trade of being a design teacher. You end up in a pokey little classroom. And that's, I suppose, where I would say you got to start. You need a space. You need to, it's free, usually. There's always a space somewhere in the school. And you need to sort of, I'm going to use a very teachery, wanky word here. You need to advocate for yourself and get yourself a good classroom. You can have a, a really effective design program without spending thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. um you don't have to all have all the the latest gadgets and everything um but i want them so the the challenge that we set ourselves this week listener was singular um dave is going to set up a, a workshop what he, he's got a thousand us dollars to set up a workshop i've got a thousand us dollars to set up a kitchen um, and we went with the fact that we'd both worked in China, so you didn't need a thousand dollars to set up a digital program because you could just get it off the street for free. Yeah, pirated software, left, right, and center. Yeah, no worries. It's only against the law if you knew it was illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, uh, should I keep a running total on, on how much you've spent, and then you can do the same for me? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll. I'll go with it. Now, I've got a couple of little scenarios to to play out with this. Obviously, where you are in the world depends a lot on on some of this stuff. I'm sure it's the case with you for for the workshop as well, Dave. And at the end of it, I will just give a few different examples of how you could do it a little bit differently depending on where you were Mm. and the situation you're in. So setting up a kitchen. Now, 
I'm going to base this on one classroom for 20 to 25 kids. Standard setup, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also basing it on the fact that there is two or three sinks in the classroom. That's why they've decided we're going to use this old art room to be a food room. So it's got a little bit of plumbing in there already. It's got a, it's got some benches, but then basically you're just going to go off tables and stuff. All right. So, all right. My thousand dollars now, just for listeners out there, I'm basing my prices off some of this stuff from China, but also Australia as well. So I'm going from a very cheap nation and a very expensive nation <laughs> <laughs> to to get a bit of a yeah a mix. All right. So I'd start off. I would base it on if I had say 24 kids in the classroom I'm going to base it on six workstations where I've got four kids per station yeah nice. Um, they're not all going to be doing the same thing at the same time but at least it allows you some work we'll go with the workstations first so I'm going to start up where I'm going to have just your basic mixing bowls I'm going to have a large medium and a small okay okay how much are they running us they're usually you're looking at sort of Two or three dollars. Couple of bucks each, yeah. Yeah, couple of bucks each. So you got six stations. You've got eighteen. So you're looking at sort of you know sixty bucks. Okay. There for you, your run of the mill bog standard bowls, yeah. Metal mixing bowls. So you've got three sizes there, and you can choose what sizes. But I just your small, medium, large. One or two really basic chopping boards. Um, I'm going. I'm going to go. We've got those from China where your bamboo is very cheap. It's also hygienic, cleans well. So you've got your bamboo chopping board. You're not going plastic, Two of no? those. Just, well, this is where at the start I just go with the bamboo because your plastic, that's where your price gets up. And if you get an industry person in, they'll start saying, well, you can't use that because that's a blue chopping board and you can only use that for seafood and you can't use that for red meat and everything. Blah, blah, blah. So you'll also get those people who say, oh, you can't cut chicken on that. We've been through this already. Hot water. Chicken juice is not evil, yeah. Hot water and soap, you're fine. Yeah. Have two, one for your meat, one for your veggies. The meat one, you're going to wash after each use anyway over in one of your three sinks. So a couple of chopping boards, they're super cheap, easy. Three knives, so, and this also comes down to where you are as well. If you're in Asia, you might go with the big cleaver as well because it's something that's commonly used in China for for meat, veggies, everything. Whatever you can get cheaply and locally, like, yeah. But you're basically going, same again, a, a, a big, small, big, medium, small knife for various things. You are going to go a set of measuring spoons and measuring cups. Yes, huge important there, yeah. If you can get like an Ikea style one as well, the cup where it has the multiple measurers on the one flight for wet and dry measuring as well. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's got like the diagonal on the side of it and everything. They can be quite good. If you go old school with the little cups that all fit inside each other, that's fine as well. So it it depends on what you can get. But set of measuring cups and measuring spoons, a little run-of-the-mill hand grater, that it has like a, you know, you can do grated cheese or uh, like a, um, a microplane, microfall, it's like grated ginger type thing as well. Yep. So something really cheap and nasty for that. Perfect. So they're what you're looking at for each station. Mm-hmm. Then in terms of a... The big stuff. 
Yeah, the big stuff. Well, in most places, you could probably go a kettle for each station as well. If you're in a developed nation where you can drink the water from the tap. Oh, yeah, that's a big problem. That's isn't it? fine. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily have to worry about a kettle. If you're not, then I would suggest a kettle as well at, at each station, just for some of those things. Where you, so you can boil some water first and then you can cook in it. For me personally, one-off stuff cooking in, in, in tap water from in China, it's fine. I, I brush my teeth with tap water every day. You savage. If I was gonna if I was gonna make soup from the the tap water every day, I'd probably use the the bottled water. Yeah. So it's just about think about that. But having a kettle, um, and also things like a a steamer, whether it's a a metal steamer that fits into the pot, or a little tray at the bottom of a pot, or a, a bamboo steamer. But I think a steamer. Is handy. It allows for something a bit different with with cooking. In Asia, it might be seen as a norm. Other places, it might be a bit different. So it allows for that little bit of variation from just your standard boil or fry that kids tend to go with. Yeah. But thinking of how to boil and fry, you need a cooktops, right? So you're going gas or electric? Well, for this, I'm gonna go. I would go gas. Ooh. I would go gas because you get better control over temperature from gas. So, well, this isn't, you're not installing anything. You're buying little transier stoves. So, like little camp stoves where you've got the canister. Ah, uh, perfect. And you slot it in the side. They're cheap, they're easy, and they give them much better control than the little electric cooktops um, that have a lot of preset temperatures. If you're in Asia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'd go with a Trangia stove Very good. for those. So maybe if you've got six stations, get six Trangias. And then also um, some little benchtop ovens. So we're not in the process of marketing brands here, but we often call them tomato ovens here because tomato is one of the brands. Oh, yeah. Little like toaster ovens, I think the Americans call them, don't they? Yeah, little toaster ovens. So like people in Australia would probably think of them as pie warmers almost, but get up to a, a really high temperature but just your little ovens that sit on the bench top you know they're not you can get you can get quite large ones you can get small ones two or three of those that that fit with the budget yeah and then you know when you're doing stuff with the kids then it's just about planning out and making sure that booking your time to to cook what you need yeah yep. a couple of other things a uh, couple of like electric mixers you know the old sort of handheld with the two beaters on it Two of those. Yeah. And then also a uh, stick blender, a little stick blender that you can use to blend soups. Mm-hmm. But you can also whack a whisk on the end of that. Oh, that's good. So you've got those like double-headed ones and you've got the single one then. We've got the double-headed and they're, they're good for batter. And then you've got the single one that is good for like egg whites or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, it's also good for blending up a soup. But you can also then pluck, like if you need to grind up nuts or something mm-hmm. into a meal, you can use that as well. So, you know, a stick blender is handy. You don't need to get a heap of those, you know, one or two of those and and that's fine. And then I also have a blender as well. It doesn't have to be a top of the range. Like a food processor blender, thing. But yeah. depending on, on what's the cheapest for you. Now, obviously, that probably gets you to about... Wednesday. $260. $260? No. <laughs> I I would think that that's probably about eight or eight even in China in Australia that's probably about eight hundred dollars and obviously the quality of those products particularly the electric ones you can vary it 
Yeah, depending on the use, like, yeah. Yeah, get what you can first. Build your program. Show the school that it's viable, and then you can start to get, you know, upgrade to some higher quality products. Yeah. So that's a good mantra. You, yeah. You just go with what you can get first, but that gives you a starting point. Now, obviously, in that budget of a thousand, we're not talking about food consumables. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on your budget or what you've got, you could say, all right, as a school, we'll supply staples like flour, all those sorts of things. And then other things use a pay for the ingredients, or you can give kids a specific budget and say, okay, this is how much you've got. You can do what you like, but this is the amount you've got. Or you just go with the kids who will pay for everything. Um, and you just sort of look at what kids are ordering. Yeah. Average it out and say, okay, you know, when we're doing this prac session next week, everyone needs to bring $7. Yeah. That's like when you're in a state school, it, that was always the way kids brought their own food. I think when I, when I worked in a state school in the UK, the budget for kids was £1.65 per year per kid. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, so, but even if you give them the budget in a private school or an international school or whatever, it's just good for them to get an appreciation for how, how much this stuff costs. A bit more um, careful yeah. then, aren't they? Yeah. Like I said at the start, a couple of differences that you could throw in here, depending on where you were. If you're in an environment that has a bit more of an outdoor lifestyle, you can also throw in some campfire cooking. Oh, yeah. Type thing as well, where then you, you're not, you, you're not reliant on the transier or the, the hot plate or the oven and you can experiment a bit outdoors and you can get some really different outcomes with that. So get a whole, um, get a whole weekend about arguing about whether it's a briar or a barbecue. You have an Australian and South exactly. African in the room. Yeah. Now you can wrap that up into a real capture culture type unit as well on campfire bread and what, what it is, what, how do you make it and, yeah, there's some cool YouTube videos about guys going out into the woods and cooking some cool stuff. So yeah. you can get a lot out of that. So I think those like those things, you, they're your, your standard basics, right? And obviously you don't have to have that many. And if you're in a school that's got a, a smaller cohort or smaller classes, then you obviously need less. But I think that's your, a good starting point where you've got enough to be able to do a bit, but you're not going out there and saying, I need bloody thermomixers. I need dehydrators. Yeah. I need faster machines. Like you don't need all that. 20 kitchen aids, please. Yes. Yeah, day one. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. And you do, you do get schools who've got everything. Like you've got uh, someone I know who has a class set of 3d printers. There's 24 3d printers. It's like, yeah, what are you doing? Like 3d printing notes. Uh, right. So you came up with $800. That was pretty decent. So that leaves you if you, I think a thousand dollars is pretty common. Like they're going to throw that number at you. So you're left with 200 for sort of, contingency and a bit of staples and that kind of stuff pretty good yeah and and stuff will break right and you'll lose things so it gives you a little bit just to to replace stuff or when you're starting and you come up with an idea for a unit or whatever you're like oh shit i could really do with that so you, you've got that contingency in there but obviously that it, it all depends on what you go but i would definitely say you go those things don't worry about the brand get what's on special yeah. And if it breaks, just tell the administration it broke because it was used too much. So we need to replace it with a better quality one. Yeah, exactly. That's the perfect way of putting it. I, I'd agree with that because I often get people come up to me and they go, oh, yeah, you've got, um, let's say, I don't know, Black & Decker drills in the, in the workshop. And I'll be like, yeah, 
because they're going to last six months because they're going to be poorly used. They're going to be beaten up, dropped. And then we get another set of them. And they're like, no, no, you got to go with the Ryobi or you got to go with the Makita or whatever you want to go with. And you're like, yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. But I'm under a bit of pressure here money-wise. I'd rather have loads of different crap things rather than this one drill I keep in a glass case and show it to people once a year. Uh, no, you can only look at it. And that's it. You want, yeah, you want all the kids to be able to try it at once. Mm. They don't want to be standing around. It's not show and tell. Yeah, watch me do this, yeah. I'm going to give credit where credit's, credit's due there, and I'm going to say our avid listener, Brian, gave me a few tips on that as well when I asked him. And his his number one tip was definitely using location and campfire cooking. That's that's solid. That wouldn't have occurred to me, to be honest. So I like that. I suppose if I want to segue into into product design, material design, whatever you want to call it over here. If you're looking to do basic sort of woodworking or whatever, most countries have a domestic wood market and, and you can go down, you can get the, the cheapest, crappest wood and just get loads of it. Don't worry about your fancy plywood or your, like, especially if you're in Asia, it's going to find it very difficult to get good quality plywoods and things like that. Just get the local softwood and get loads of it. Um, so yeah, buy local, support your local economy, maybe even like big borrow and steal from the parents. You never know who's in your school that's got scraps and, and works in construction or, or something like that or on the food side if they've got leftover catering equipment yeah and that's a big thing about international schools um you know obviously students their parents are in, in big business and this is where like we've found with workshops as well like parents are working for bosch and you know big companies there's no harm in saying hey you guys got anything that's fallen off the back of a truck that you can maybe donate to the school? Yeah, we can stick it. We can stick a big Bosch sticker up on the window of the workshop. We don't care. And then uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, sponsored by. Yes. Hashtag ad. Now we're not ad- we're not adding any of these these products into that budget. None of this fell off the back of a truck. No. Yeah. 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 You've just got to you've got to really swindle your way into this, don't you? You've got to be cheeky and ask for stuff. And that's where if, if a parent says to you, oh, yeah, we can donate some stuff. What would you like? That's where you ask for the shit that you can't use. Like, it's a bit more expensive. So, yeah, oh, we need a couple of um, jigsaws. Yeah, you don't ask them for glue guns and, and shit. You can get down to the stationery uh-huh. shop. Yeah, I'm going to start there with glue guns. Get glue guns. I know I'm rinsing hot glue all the way through this, but the world revolves around glue guns. If you're starting out, yeah, that's your... That's your I'm, I, I am in the position where I'm starting out now and I've got a pretty solid little... It's like the little workshop that could. It's kind of got one of everything. And we are lucky enough to have 3D printers and stuff like that. But if you don't have those, let's go back to the basics. Glue guns are often... You can often get the art department to, to get those for you as well. So they don't even have to come out of your budget. Yeah. And they'll have 20 or 30 of them lying around. And if they're broken, glue guns, inverted commas, broken... They're super easy to fix. Just take them apart and unclog them. And then you've got new glue guns. So use your design specific <laughs> expertise to, uh, to do that. So yeah, get glue guns. I think you need about five. If we're working off that sort of 20 to 25 kids in a room scenario, you need about five. And for most things, when you're starting- so one, one per station, yeah? One per station, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at having five to six uh, square benches of, of four or five kids working at them. That's what I have. I have a glue gun on each one, maybe, or they're over to the side or whatever else. They're plugged in somewhere. Basically, everything I'm going to say here is you need about five five of them, one for each table, so five of everything. And there's going to be a lot of sharing and there's going to be a lot of, oh, he was using that, I was using that. And that's where you go to the management. You go, hey, these 
these kids are crying out to use this more so we should buy five more and then five more and five more and whatever else don't don't go to them with a four and a half thousand euro or dollar budget on day one take it from me i tried the only thing you need loads of i would say is some sort of a clamp or vice or like those little baby vices that clamp onto the side of a table i reckon you need one of those per person or at least one for every two people. And um, that's the big thing, I think. It's like having your chopping boards for every kid or having your, I don't know what, to, trying to think of another. It's like every kid having a, a notebook or a sketchbook in, in art. You need that basic workspace. So you need something that's going to hold their work to the table. Yeah, and I think that's that's like, I'll just jump in there. Dave, that's one difference, I guess, with materials and food where because materials is done over an extended period, whereas food you're aiming to get it done in that one lesson you can you can have your chef and your sous chef in in food where you can split the kids up so one of them is the assistant for one class so you don't need to rely on everyone being able to do something there at once yeah and then they switch for the next session whereas materials because it's more extended everyone needs to be working they can help each other every now and then but they're still working on their stuff yeah i think yeah that's a great point because if you do have people standing around over an extended period of time in, in a materials room going to it's going to show very quickly and people are going to their heads are going to drop and, and stuff like that so there's a few things you need lots of and i think one of them is clamps uh get little baby vices just something that can hold a bit of wood or metal or whatever you're working on and then the next thing i suppose that follows down the line is saws you're going to need to cut stuff i wouldn't be getting big massive carpenter saws like huge things that you see around the the building sites just getting little little junior hacksaws coping saws those kind of things and if you could maybe get five junior hacksaws five coping saws five little tenon saws well, there you've got 15 saws. You didn't buy mm. you didn't buy 20 coping saws and then you're limited in what you can do. You bought five of each. And to be perfectly honest, we talked about skills. There's nothing wrong with cutting any piece of wood with any saw as long as everyone's being yeah. safe. So that the, people get caught up in this. They said, oh, I'm cutting a bit of plywood, so I need a coping saw. No, you could do it with a hacksaw. You could do it with a butter knife. It doesn't matter, like, as long as yeah. you get the job done. And I think that's where if the, the little... Japanese saw. Oh, those boys. Yeah, they're really good. Can't remember the real name of those. If you had those, you can do a lot with those. Yeah, those double double sided ones. Yeah, you get the lovely. They they get a great yeah. finish. Yeah, they're as sharp as all hell though. So you, you you go back to your safety episode for that one. But I think a variety of different things, multiple use sort of stuff, and get them as cheap as chips, especially with saws. Get them cheap. Uh, like if you're in Europe, go to Aldi or Little. Am I giving away brand names now? But yeah, everyone knows Aldi and Little. They're like super cheap. Or go to yeah. Go to the cheapest place. We're not a sponsor's podcast, so we can actually say whatever we like. Sponsored by Aldi. They definitely cover our beer and anyway, nothing. Hopefully they jump on board. Aldi, great place. That middle aisle down the middle of Aldi, you got the cakes on one side, you got beer on the other. Right down the middle, you've got like ski gear and saw blades. I went in there looking for a pen and paper as an English teacher and came out with a welder and a fucking bench, you know, workbench, and was a design teacher. I was like, thank you, Aldi. <laughs> and your receipt was long enough to be a degree. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so get cheap and cheap and cheerful. Like I'm talking. I, I would say in dollars, you're talking $5 per saw. If you want a good tenant saw, you're talking $10, $15 per saw. So you're spending a quite a few, you're spending probably one or $200 on sort of cutting equipment there, but you're getting lots of it. You're talking about 15, 20 saws at the end of it. That's your main, that's what you're working with. They're your knives of the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. And if you invest in that, you, everything else is quite easy. So you've got your, everyone's got a baby vice. Every second kid has something to cut with and they can chop and change and measure and 
Measure cut, measure cut, measure cut uh, with their with their table partner or whatever else. Measure twice, cut once. Yeah, like that actually happens in practice. There's five glue guns <laughs> in the corner that you've nicked off the art department. But if you do need to buy them, they're like ten dollars each max. Oh, not even that. Yeah, and 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 the glue will go with them. Get some metal rulers just to save. That's going to save you money down the line on band aids if you get some metal rulers because if you got people cutting stuff with like sharp knives in and they got plastic rulers, there's going to be fingers everywhere. So and they don't break. They don't like, break. Yeah, kids will start. Kids will start. You know. You know when you flip a ruler on the side of a bench and you back to get the different sounds? Metal ones won't break. Plastic ones will snap. So yeah, plastic get your metal rules. Our kids start drilling through the plastic rulers when they when they get a drill. Yeah, so get some metal rulers. One each, I'd say, again. But they're less than a dollar each, I'd say, if you really wanted to get them cheap. Uh, even, even in like a, a developed country, you're, you're going to be talking one to two dollars max. Something to hit something with. I'd say you probably want like maybe five hammers, maybe two or three mallets. And, and that's just simply for knocking in a few tacks and stuff like that. But what you don't want is, and nobody ever wants this, is 20 hammers in a room. Because then it just sounds like the world's worst music class when everyone's going nuts with a hammer. Like machine gun, you start getting flashbacks in the corner. One of the last things I think everybody needs is there's two last things that everyone needs. Everyone probably needs a cutting mat. One of those little A4 mm. self-healing cutting mats. I have yeah. 30 of them in the room. One's my mouse pad. One's from a cup of tea and then there's 20 more for the kids. They're impossible. Like you, you could put them through a bandsaw and they're still going to be fine. Impossible to kill. But they're just good for saving your tables on down the road. Yeah, and they're good for like when kids are using the hot glue as well. Like do it on those because you can just pop it snaps right off. Glue yeah. off. So you just bend, bend the mat and the glue falls off. It's awesome. It depends. If you're in a school with uniforms, uh, I wouldn't bother with this if you're in a school with uniforms. Just let them work in their uniform. But I'm in a school without uniforms now and the kids... Some of them get up at four o'clock in the morning to get ready. Style. Oh, boys, the style. And it's, it's, it's a fashion show. And then they come in and it's like, all right, aprons. Get an apron on because I'm not paying for that overpriced Supreme hoodie to get bleached, you know? <laughs> I'm showing my age there, aren't I? Get some sensible clothes. Yeah, get some aprons. Again, nick them off the art department. A couple of bucks each. What else are we talking about? Got my list here, Christmas list. Things for holding things. So you got like a couple of pliers couple of vice grips again two or three of those maybe like two vice grips two pliers two combination pliers two needle nose pliers just so if you want to do something with wire or hold something in place while you cut that kind of stuff as much sandpaper as you can carry it's it's very versatile stuff but uh, i think that's more of a consumer yeah and and get a couple of different grades on that sandpaper like it's it's cheap it's easy just buy it bulk and it just sits there but you'll always use it that's something i'll come to in a minute as well saving your stuff as well like being frugal in terms of the equipment, that's about it. Then you can start getting into, well, I reckon I've spent about 500 bucks there. What do you reckon? Oh, uh, probably, I think about 561. All I right, think. yeah, the running total here. Can you tell, can you tell Jesse's an admin? <laughs> My abacus is working on a different um, currency, so I've had to sort of carry a couple of, couple of decimal points, but we're getting there. Yeah, and then, then you can start thinking about your electric stuff. Here you need one or two of these things, and there's various reasons. I'd say maybe one, two, maybe even three drills. And that'll do you because you're probably going to end up carrying one around and doing most of the stuff or showing people stuff. And then there'll be two floating around. And then you, like you say, but, go to the admin and go, we need more. But those, those drills are invaluable because you can do so much with the drills. Yeah. You can turn them into an electric sander. You can, you can do so much. You can clean, you can grind saws, down stuff. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hole saws, spade bits, all this kind of noise. You can do loads with them. If you can get your hand, hands on a couple of hand sanders, those little 
like mouse senders or, or rotary sender orbital senders yeah, yeah they're magic and again don't worry about the brand and that's where your sandpaper then comes in as well yeah don't be getting the ones with the velcro backs on them that you need to buy the special pads for that's a that's a mug's game get yeah. the ones that you just cut the square and bang it on and if you get your hands on a jigsaw cheap jigsaw a couple of blades and just get one just for safety so that you can kind of cut stuff quickly yourself maybe or you can show one of the more trustworthy idiots how to do it and uh, let them off it comes into then you get your clamps maybe for gluing stuff up if you if you're scratching on your budget you're now out of money just go down to the pe teachers nick some one or two kilogram weights and then you can use those as well. So yeah. there's, there's ways around these things. Uh, and then sort of screws and glue, okay. and tacks, that kind of stuff. Um, clamps to uh, ratchet straps. And that's the other thing too with like things like um, jigsaws and stuff. If you're if you're buying a brand like a, a Bosch or a Black & Decker or whatever jigsaw, don't feel you need to get blades that are from Bosch or Black & Decker or whatever. You can just get universal, like open source Open source blades. Open source blades. That's our tribute to digital today, is it? Just talking, just putting in open source. No, I've actually got, a, I've actually got a little bit I can bring to. to... Well done, well done, you. So. Um, yeah, well, on that, like with the the drill bits, with things like even even you go back to the kitchen, things like cutlery, presentation bowls and plates. Get the cheapest stuff you can because it's going to get broken. It's going to get dropped. It's going to get. Like a drill bit's going to snap because kids don't know how to properly use it. If you're in a location where you have access to somewhere like Ikea, mm. great place just to go and stock up with your basics there. It's cheap. It'll last. It won't last in infinity. It won't last sort of beyond three years or whatever. Yeah. But you've got it there. You can get it and, and stuff. Things like Ikea, things like um, garlic presses, can openers, all those types of things. Really good place to start. So, and oh, sorry, I'll go back. Yes, add a can opener can to opener. your. Oh, yeah, because they're going to come yeah. in with a can of fruit cocktail or whatever and they're going to need to open it. Yeah. Six can openers. Even if it's, it doesn't have to be the, the wind one with the wheels, even if it's the old fashioned one with the blade, but just something to be able to open the can up. If you don't have one, everything you order for food wise will come in a can. If you've got them there, you won't need them, but Murphy's Law. Yeah, exactly. Now, my my go-to for digital okay. would be there's a lot of free stuff out there, and when you're working with kids, often you can get three for thirty day trials. Everything can be very useful, but if uh, from a, like a graphics point of view, if you can somehow invest in as many licenses as you can for the Adobe Creative Cloud. Yes. Go for it because yeah. that gives you a whole range of things. And open source software is really good. But when it comes down to the crux of it, things like Photoshop, it's so much easier just to use Photoshop than using open source stuff for Photoshop because people will know how to do Photoshop and not quite like something's a little bit different. Yeah, the level of support you have in the back end is is way more like you can go to YouTube and you can find the Photoshop tutorial, but you're not going to find the photovalley.dxg yeah. whatever tutorial. Yeah. 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 As an educator, you can get the entire creative cloud for about two hundred fifty dollars, yeah, twenty five different apps or whatever, and so yes, it is expensive. You you can't get it for all your students. You don't need all of it if you try and get it where you can sort of work out. Okay, these are the one. These are the apps we're going to use. Okay, let's try and do it. Maybe we can do a 
a, a copay sort of thing with the school and individuals or whatever. If you build your program so that they are only doing digital in nine and ten, then in those two years, if there's a levy, students pay or or whatever. Depends on your situation, but yeah. I think in that in in digital, you that's where you notice when you pay cheap, then you really notice the outcome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like using a crap saw. It's like you're gonna have you're gonna notice it straight away. And the outcome as well, you might get watermarked work, or you might get strange file types. And, and like when that. we're not saying by any means by one login twenty times, don't you? Yeah, no. You'll get found out when you're trying to get work done or whatever because you can't access it. Yeah, yeah. But definitely that's where your your money is definitely and schools will understand schools that are starting up they'll realize that as well because their marketing department will be trying to use it as well because they were trying to promote the school yeah i was just going to say like this is where you get you get your feet out and you, you start walking around the school you go oh well art department needs it go down to the office marketing department needs it and suddenly oh what marketing department needs marketing department gets especially with opening up school and you can say right there's yeah. five people in marketing they all need it if you buy 20 licenses or 30 licenses, you get the IT department to set up 20 email addresses that the kids can use to log in when and if they need them on a certain machine. Yeah. Dedicated lab of Photoshop stuff. Right? You yeah. don't need one for every kid in the school. You just have those 15 licenses that are on these machines. And uh, on the digital note as well, like there's loads of, we talk about robotics until I'm blue in the face and how much I have very, very mixed feelings about it. Um in the fact that you can learn how to do really cool stuff for robotics, but then you don't actually end up designing anything. Dave once dated an Android and he's never got over it. <laughs> it took over the world. Um, yeah, I, I, I have mixed feelings. I've lost my train of thought now, you bollocks. Uh, right, what was I saying? Oh, no. Yeah, I know. You're sinking into the past. <laughs> oh, data. You can do a lot of stuff digitally as well. Like I'm pretty sure the Lego EV3 software is free, but you mightn't have the actual robot in front of you. But you can do everything that the robot can do on the screen and you can simulate it uh the same with tinkercad tinkercad recently launched uh so tinkercad sorry is the well, it's called autodesk the baby version of autodesk's cad software um, but they've recently launched uh an electronics and programming element so you can go in and you can get off the top of my head uh, arduino um hummingbird boards micro bits boards with all the paraphernalia attached to them and they're all program- programmable and they all have simulations and it basically works exactly like it was sitting in your hand, except you don't have to pay the $60 for the microbits board or the $100 for the Hummingbird kit. And it's all there and the kids can log in with their Google account or, or it's it's normally free, depending on what you have. Well, I, w- I would say one thing with the, um, with the Autodesk, take the time to get your school to set up a school account with Autodesk. It makes it a lot easier for the kids. Otherwise, you can run into problems where they don't type it in correctly or whatever. They run out of their 30-day free trial, whereas they're entitled to a free account because they're, they're students. So that's a great thing with with Autodesk, but it just takes you, your admin time to set that up with them Yeah, yeah. for that email domain. But that's a fantastic not only for digital, like within digital, with if you sign up for Autodesk, you get what you get. You get Instructables, which is just a, a neverland of programming projects, robotics projects, DIY projects, all this kind of stuff as well. Oh, you get a Devonshire tea on the third Sunday of every month. It's amazing. And a free gift on your birthday. Uh, yeah, and you get, what else do you get? You get Thingiverse is linked to that, I believe. And you get tinkercad and you get all the robotic stuff with tinkercad and then you can move into fusion 360 for the advanced cad work you get sketchbook which is like a ipad drawing app which is pretty decent for graphic stuff 
uh, and it's all free, 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 free. We'll and if you sign up in the next 20 minutes, you'll get an <laughs> electrical the... storm from Colombo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, I'm just waiting for the power to go here. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, if you sign up for the, uh, the link below, for, you get a free Autodesk account because <laughs> it's free anyway and we have absolutely no affiliation with Autodesk. Send us free t-shirts, please. Yeah, so anything else for digital? Well, all the Mac stuff. If your kid your kids are running Mac computers, they've got they've got movie editing software. I'm doing this whole podcast on GarageBand, so it can't be that hard. Uh, and it's free. Yes. And they got pages. If you're a Google school, you've got a bucket load of stuff there uh, for digital in which you can do all your doc stuff. I think digital is definitely the one that you can, you, like it sounds expensive from the start, but it's actually, it works out in the long run it's a lot cheaper and i think that's why a lot of schools then do it right because yeah. kids are already using laptops and everything for other subjects yeah they've got the devices um, in their hands already with the phone like it used to be that you have to buy 20 yeah. ipads or, or 20 macbooks or 20 chromebooks or whatever but now it's just like yeah you've yeah. got your own go for it yeah gone are the days of the labs oh, i miss the old labs they were good keyboarding with mr de Bruyne. how many words per minute can you do our, our teacher used to leave the room, and so we uh, we became very proficient in installing software on, on computers. I remember installing a flight simulator game when I was about 10 on all the computer computers in the computer lab uh, with a floppy disk. Amazing. Oh, we had Wim de Broom. He was a, a Dut, he was Dutch. He came out, and he was, he was teaching keyboarding, and it was all, it's like the old DOS system where... The black screen and and the green letters You're showing your age now and yeah and you had to see how quickly you could type that was keyboarding <laughs> keyboarding I love it good old Beechworth Secondary College keyboarding here we go we were we were running my school was running uh, Windows ninety five in nineteen ninety nine that's what we were doing uh, it's amazing and they're still running it now yeah you could fry an egg on top of the on top of the tower it was so hot. <laughs> Because it was running Flight Simulator 97. All right. Uh, so hopefully, despite us talking about fucking flight simulators and keyboarding skills, hopefully if you're uh, trying to start up a, a workshop or a kitchen or a design lab, you can get something out of that. Or at least you know what not to do because we tend to have a bit of a tendency to, to do that to people. Should we should we be very nice and prepared teachers and offer our resources uh, on, on the on the Twitterverse uh, if I make a little graphic of what you need and we can offer that up on, on the Twitterverse? I think we should do that. I think we should put it up there because now we've got the um, we've got our little our handle. Yeah. As you as you millennials like to, to say. I am a millennial. It is it is, I know you are, you dickhead. That's why I said you fucking millennials. TLF underscore tweet. Oh, yeah, there we are. And uh, that's where you'll find us. And we're on Instagram because that's what all the cool kids, well, the cool, cool kids are on TikTok and not such a that. What's that handle there, Dave? Uh, that is the Learning Factory Podcast. All one word, all small letters. If we get, uh, let's say, 100 likes and retweets or 100 likes on Instagram, We'll start to TikTok. Oh, and we'll 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 um we'll figure out how TikTok works as well <laughs> for the young people. And if you're not sure what to do, jump on social media, find Jason Reagan, and send him a message and say, "I listen to the Learning Factory." Shout out to DNS Podcast Network and the Designcast. Yes. yes, our good friends over at Designcast, where our podcast adventure started all those years ago. Madness. Well, that's right. We were on the first episode. If you're new to the Designcast. 
Go back to episode one where it all began. Yeah, we, we haven't improved since. Designcast has. Jason was an apprentice at the Learning Factory and went over to the dark side. Yeah, his own feet. Yeah, grew, grew his wings. Sorry, we just had a pause there because there was a lightning bolt behind Dave and he absolutely shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I'm the whole, the whole, this, this is the most electrified room in the house and it's pretty much outside. So. <laughs> I'm sitting beside a giant metal arm plugged into the wall. What, what am I going to think here? <laughs> well, I was just going to say, we had a great chat with Andy Palby last week about PHE it was in MYP yeah. and, and some of the, the challenges and similarities, I guess, with design. So we've got, we're, we're branching out again next week and we're, we're acting up. We've got Glenn Fleury, who's in New Zealand. And he's coming on board to have a chat with us about the performing arts and some of the challenges that they find with uh, MYP and how to adapt the criteria. So he'll have some tips, tricks, and downright avoid. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. He might be able to tell us that there is a light at the end of the tunnel in this COVID nonsense oh, as well. <laughs> and if it's not a light, it's just a spotlight. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Bloody hell. One-liners, one-liners, get out of here. He's kicked the goal and he's walked <laughs> off the field. Uh, right. That's right. Okay, so join us next week. Uh, we're going to have a big chat about uh, the performing arts and we're going to get stage fright and let our fantastic guests do all the talking. And hopefully we don't fucking break a leg. Right, happy days. Catch you later. You have been listening to The Learning Factory. Thank you for your attention. End of recording.